Welcome to Revival Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy another powerful message by Apostle Jean-Pierre Becker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at revivalcc.org. Amen. So it's an absolute honor this morning, and I want to share something with you. You see, I believe that we've come to a place that the words like impossible, can't, won't, has become our vocabulary. And you see, that's not part of the covenant. Did you know that? Do you know how you spell impossible? Do you know? Wave at me if you know how to spell impossible. G-O-D. Your dictionary has been lying to you all your life. Impossible is spelled God. Come on. Impossible situations is the recipe for God to do something. So get rid of the impossible and put God possible. See, it's not impossible, it's God possible. God is possibly going to do something. Now, here's where it becomes faith. God isn't going to possibly do it. He's just going to do it. Why? Because you're in covenant. So Ephesians, if you'll turn with me, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. There is a Greek word there, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. And there is a word there called blessed. Now, how many of you did English as a subject? I'm going to prove your English teacher wrong. Right? Just because of the Greek. But in English, if we, can't, if we find the word ED at the end of the word, it means past tense. And that's where the church has missed it. You see, we read scriptures like Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, and it says blessed, ED. And we think God has done blessing. We think it's happened and it's not going to happen again. But the Greek word there is an adjective. Quickly clap your hands. Great, now you can stop. What did you do? You clapped your hands. You did something. So when we see the word blessed in the Bible, it's doing something. Not have done something. It's doing something. Right? Can you get that scripture on the screen for me? Just cue me when it's up. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, blessed. In other words, the blessings, the one who blesses. I've lost you guys already. Listen, it says, blessed be the God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Now is that past, present, or future? I told you I'm proving your English teacher wrong. It's not past. In the Greek, it's present. It's happening. So blessed or blessing is the one of God who is currently blessing us with all spiritual blessings. You see, the enemy hates messages like this because as long as what he can keep the church out of a place of blessing, he can keep us captive. But you see, blessed is not something that happened. Oh, God blessed Abraham. Yes, he blessed him then. But are we descendants of Abraham? Are we descendants of Isaac? Are we descendants of Jacob? Then are we blessed? Were you blessed? Are you blessed? Are you going to be blessed? Fantastic. So, out of the blessed, as in other words, the adjective, right? 
the God doing blessing, the God who is the blessing, the God who possesses all blessings, the God who is so blessed he cannot run out of blessings, we get blessing favor. Say to your neighbor, blessing favor. So if we agree that Abraham was blessed, Isaac blessed, Jacob blessed, Laban, King of Solomon, Job. So what's different about us? Oh, you see the devil, he doesn't like us talking about the church being blessed. Well, I'm sorry, I'm a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am blessed, I'm going to be blessed, and I will always be blessed. Why? Because I have the revelation that the blessed sword doesn't run out of blessings and it's not past tense. The blessing isn't past tense. You see, Paul came to a place that he established that God is blessed. Think about it. The non-created creator doesn't have to print you banknotes, doesn't have a tax meeting, doesn't call in all the board members and go, hey, Holy Spirit, Jesus, we're in trouble here. What are we going to do next year, the budget? He has a budget. It's called eternity. He has a budget. It's called the amount of sand on the beach. You see, his budget doesn't get limited to our understandings. But what happens is we stop trusting God because we don't believe we're blessed. It's impossible for God to do it. God won't do it. I don't deserve it. No, you don't deserve it. I used this analogy this morning. Do you know my kids, turning seven, turning four, they don't pay to live in my house, but they use it like they pay for it. They don't pay a cent, but they own everything. I walk into the TV room, they're watching TV. I ask to watch TV, they want to finish their program. I go into my room, which apparently is mine. No, they take it over in 30 seconds. But they're not paying anything. Catch the revelation, church. We are the children of the Most High God. We don't pay anything, but we inherit everything. My kids are not going to get to 21 and I'm going to build them. 645 toilet rolls, 230 body soaps. Imagine, I'm going to do itemized billing when they turn 21. Hi guys, I just want you to pay, repay me back. Please note, you use 32 tissues during your life, because apparently kids don't use tissues often. You went through toilet paper rolls like crazy, who knows why. You had 36 pairs of shoes in the last six months. No, but there's a revelation. My kids don't come in and go, who, what do I need to pay for? Do I need to rent my room for the night? Do I need to pay for my bed? No, my kids come into my home and they own everything though they don't pay it. And we as God's children own everything though we don't pay for it. So you see the devil wants to shut the church up about being blessed. Because if you understand how blessed you are, blessed as in adjective, imagine Imagine all of us woke up and went, wow, I'm blessed. You know, we wake up and we say to one another, morning, morning. No. Say to the person, it's going to be a good morning. Say to your neighbor, it's going to be a good morning. Come on, it's going to be a good morning. 
Because the King of Kings has called you blessed. The King of Kings has given you all spiritual gifts. So Paul establishes that God is blessed. Say to your neighbor, God's not done with me. You know, I had that revelation. God isn't finished with me. Because I'm not finished with him. I'm not finished trusting him. I'm not finished standing upon his word. I'm not finished getting my inheritance. You know, many people know that their inheritance is bound up in a trust and it's, it's got a limitation on. There's no limitation on God. What's his limitation? Our faith. That's his limitation. So you need to be convinced of who God is. God writes a blank check to us. Our faith fills it in. And he pays it. Do you know why our our checks are still blank? Because we don't have the faith to ask him. You know, my kids don't come to the door, knock and go, may I please enter our home? They just walk in. They don't knock at the fridge and go, may I open the fridge and see if there's something in there? No, they just go and help themselves. They have such faith, they think that sweets fall out of cupboards. Right? But here's the truth. I'm going to teach you covenant terms today that you understand that you are a covenant partner with the Most High God. Right? So Paul considers the foundation for blessing favor to be based upon the fact that God is blessed. Right? Is God blessed? He's not frail. He's not scared. He didn't get hit by COVID. He's not on retirement. God is as powerful as what he ever was before. Say to your neighbor, God is not done with me. God's not done with you. You've come to a place that you're just okay. No, God's not. God isn't settled with just okay. You just said to me that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Laban were all blessed. And then you go, oh no, God doesn't really want to bless me. God doesn't, you know, you God, God, it ran out somewhere in the Old Testament, somewhere in the New Testament. We tend to look at blessing favor as potentially ours, when it's possessively ours. We look at that water over there and we're like, could I get it? Maybe, maybe, I don't know, should I, should I not? When it's possessively eyes, you can walk up and you can take it. You can grab a hold of it. You can apply it and you can see God do it in your life. The reason we're not blessed is because we don't trust the covenant God. We don't trust Him. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified. It says this. May grace, God's favor and peace which is perfected well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears be multiplied to you in full, personal, precise and correct knowledge of God. You think God doesn't know your portion? He knows your portion. He wants to bless you. No, you guys don't sound convinced. He wants to bless you. I'm going to tell you about the assignment of angels in just a moment. Then you'll understand something. Are you in a position to receive? Does this look like I'm in a position to receive? How do we look like when we're ready to receive? You see, the bigger 
the measuring cup, the more it can handle. Some people are like, oh, God won't really bless me. No. Has he never blessed you before? Have you never asked him before? You've never asked him because you've never slapped the revelation that he owns everything, including you. I'm owned, I'm copyrighted to the King of Kings. Right? Proverbs 10 verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord maketh what? And addeth. So why are we not applying this to our lives? Is that a promise? Do you believe it? If you don't, please to fix it out. Because that would mean your Bible is lying to you. So next time the enemy comes and he wants to bring sorrow upon your life, you remember Proverbs 10 verse 22 and you say, but hang on. I am blessed to be rich and have no sorrow. So what does that mean? Nothing's ever going to come against your life. No, there'll be things. They came and they took out, they stole our vehicle, the end of last year. We had paid about six payments on a brand new vehicle. When the insurance had to pay out, how many of you know you pay in? Insurance pays out, you pay in, right? Guess what? I didn't pay in. No, okay, wait. I did not only not pay in, they paid 102,000 rand extra. You see, because I understand that what the enemy comes to bring sorrow, God is going to use to bring a testimony. God's going to use to turn it around. So instead of getting frustrated in your situation, getting irritated with your situation, start experiencing God. You know what happens in life? It looks like this. We get frustrated. And God wants us up here. But we're stuck down here. Because either we have no revelation and we're trying to get up here, which is difficult and uncomfortable, or we're standing at the steps and God's like, just do this, just lift your foot. And we're like, ah, oh, don't really. Get up and pray, ah, oh, don't really. Read your word, ah, oh, don't really. Trust me, ah, oh, don't really. And so we get stuck in a place of frustration instead of going up and going up and going up. Your place of frustration will be the very reason why you get blessed if you turn it to God's attention. Instead of sitting and murmuring and complaining how bad it's going with you, turn around and say, thank you that in this badness there's going to come a testimony of goodness. Taste and see that the Lord is. Ephesians chapter 1, we covered, blessed be the God and the Father who has blessed us and not has. What did I tell you? It's present tense not past. So God is continually giving us a download of spiritual gifts of blessings. But the question is, what are we positioned like? God comes with a gift and we... No, we need to have ourselves postured to receive a gift. Do you want a gift? Do you want blessings? Do you want the favor? Do you want wisdom? Of course. So turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 28. I'm going to set the stage for you quickly. Jacob has left his home and he's on his way to find his wife. And he's going through a place and he goes and he sets up camp because it's evening. And we know where he puts his head upon a rock and he sees the ladder. Now just a quick correction. The ladder in Hebrew is a staircase. 
Not those tiny little things that our husbands climb on and you pray the love of the Lord upon them that they don't fall off. How many of you have seen those ladders? Okay, we get this idea that Jacob is watching and it's a skinny little ladder with the angel trying to squeeze his way up. No. The imagery in Hebrew, how many of you were at school and had to change classes? How many of you remember those corridors? Everybody's going on a mission. And let you be on the wrong side of that car. You get squished. Right? That was the image of the Hebrew. This bunch of angels ascending and descending and ascending and descending. Right? Turn quickly to Psalms. Keep your finger there. We'll go back to Genesis in just a moment. Psalms chapter 103. Verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. This is the assignment of angels. So bless the Lord, all His messengers of power, for you are His mighty heroes who listen intently to the voice of His word to do it. What do you think the Lord's saying to the angels? Nice rugby match yesterday, angels. Did you see the book did good? No, I think it sounds like this. Angel 130, go to Hornsey. She needs your help now. Angel 540, go to Ingrid. She's going for a job interview. Angel 607, go after Peter. He's on the road. Angel 677, go to teacher Monica. Angel. That's what I believe it sounds like. Dum, dum, dum. Will the angel 440 please go to teacher Tanya? She needs them now. Angel 445, will you please go to her son? He's about to bump his nose. Angel 607, will you go with Isaac as he goes? Angel 740, will you go and prepare the way? Will you go and prepare the interview? Will you align up the job? Will you sort out the promotion? Will you get the paperwork ready? You see, we've got to start getting expectant for the angels of God to begin to move in our lives. You see, we look at it this way. We look at it so difficultly, right? I've got to get up on here. But how will I get there? When I just told you Psalms 103 verse 20 says, the angels are listening to the voice of the Lord to do it. And he ain't discussing the rugby. He's saying, listen, go and prepare the way. Go and make it straight. Go and get all the interviews lined up. Put her papers on top of the pile. Get her... Favor is found because the angels align it. So it's time that we start getting a little bit. You know, Jacob, after he had that dream, it says that he got, and in the, in the Hebrew, it says he went quickly. Do you know why he went quickly? Because in that dream, God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you so much. It will be like the dust of the ground, the north, the south, the east, the west. I will look after you. I will give you the land. I'll give you the descendants of the land. And everywhere you go, I'll be with you. Do you know what Jacob does? He's like, man, there's a promise. I'm, on a, I'm going, I'm going. Some of us, God gives us a promise and we're like, yes, Lord. No, Jacob gets up and he gets excited because there's a promise of the Lord on the way. There's a promise that he's going to go and get. So when I tell you about Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, that you've got all spiritual blessings coming to you, don't. Put on your running shoes and get there. 
So what are the blessings that are activated through the tithe? Number one, overflowing. Overflowing. Malachi says this, Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And what? Test me. Man, do you know what we look like in the spirit? There's a big vault door and we're trying to nudge our way in. And God's like, sow a seed and I'll give you the code. Do you know what the code is to the vault of blessing in heaven? Spell it with me. T-I-T-H-E. Tithe. That's the password to the vault. Man, I figured I would, if I had a vault, I would make that my password. Because nobody would get it. The church hasn't even got it yet. God turns around and he says, if you tithe, test me. That's the password. Tithe, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. If I will not what? Open the vault doors to heaven. Read it, it says there. If I will not open the windows. So they've got windows as vaults, guys. I don't know, no judging, right? I would have used doors, but they've got windows. But punch in the password. The password is called tithe. Oh, teacher T, you know I have nothing. Really? I'll prove you wrong in just a moment. I'll go back there, don't worry. Number two, protection from the devourer. Protection from the devourer. Malachi 3.11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in your field uh, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe how many of you feel like you're just grabbing at thin air you get to the office and all you do is a whole bunch of not sure because God says he'll give you a blessing he's giving us blessings if you determine that he's the blessor you know what the problem is? We look to the wrong places as our sources. We go into that boardroom meeting, deftig, nicely dressed, and we wait for our name to be called for the promotion. I was watching this thing, the thing they said that the bonuses are, are, uh, are done based on performance, so all the staff comes dancing in to do their performance. And it got me thinking that that's what we do. We go and perform before our bosses. When we should be performing to the Most High God. Do everything unto me as unto the Lord. Everything you do should be unto the Lord. Your job included. Now we're getting upset. Because the boss didn't see us. No, God did. God also saw you steal the paper and make the extra phone calls. No, I'm kidding. I'm not in this church, right? You know, there's a saying, Jesus is watching. But we go and we look in the wrong places for promotion. Because promotion comes from God. Now we get frustrated and we get stuck there instead of realizing there are angels on our behalf that are busy listening to God's instruction. And instead of getting frustrated and throwing a temper tantrum on the floor, go to God and say, God, you are a God of your word. Malachi says, test me in this if I will not open up. The vaults of heaven. 
Number three, prosperity and abundance. It opens up a door to abundance. Some people say, oh Lord, you know, I will, I will give when you give me 100,000. Listen, if God can't trust you with 10 cents, He can't trust you with anything. That's something I've learned. If He can't trust you with a little, He can't trust you with much. How many of you would think that a farmer would come and invest 30 million rand into you when you can't even keep your husband's flowers alive? Who would take that kind of a gamble? Think about it. Invest in me, Lord. Invest in me. And the Lord says, but I couldn't trust you yesterday. I couldn't trust you last week. I want to tell you that the church is moving into dimension, that the angels will begin to carry in the wealth into the churches. Why? Because a church that plants churches is in God's heart. They're in God's business. And do you know who's going to carry that? Do you know who's going to benefit from that? Us. Do you know when they built the tabernacle? God turned around and He said to Moses, Moses, go and ask them for a free will offering. They gave out of a place that they had so much they didn't care. They had so many pieces of wood they didn't care. They had so much gold they didn't care. They're like, how much do you want? Imagine getting to that point in the church. That you say to the church, how much do you need? With the, the Sasselberg was a supernatural planting. I see one or two people are getting this. It's okay, the rest of you will chill on it again at home. With the Sasselberg plant, we get a phone call, do you need chairs? Yes, we need chairs, of course. What do you think? The people are going to sit on the floor? No, we need chairs. We get another phone call, do you need more chairs? Yes, of course we need more chairs. We get a third one, do you need more chairs? We get more chairs. I'm like the Lord of the chairs, may you multiply in the Lord of the venues. We've got the chairs, now we just need the venues. Do you get what I'm saying, family? When we begin to trust God, He protects us from the devourer. He opens up the vault of heaven. But the question is, can we be trusted? The Lord says, sow that pen. Oh, you can't touch that pen, Lord. It's my favorite. Just don't let them ask. You know, just don't let them ask about my pen. I have an open house policy. You want it, you have it, it's yours. If I want a new one, God will just give me another one. Why? Because when I started in this church 10 years ago, they needed a photographer. And the first camera I ever had was a Fuji film that somebody lent to me. When you wanted to zoom, when you wanted to zoom out. And I did my first conference and I said to the Lord, ha, no ways. No I said to the Lord, Lord, there must be better in store than this Fuji. <laughs> Open the vault doors. Hallelujah. And I began to sew. And within that week, God supernaturally provided that I could get a new camera, a Canon 550. Not great, but good. You see, it's a good morning when God is in your good. And so I get this camera and it's luxury. Because when I want to zoom, I go... When I want to zoom out, I go, shh. Could cancel my gym contract. Just kidding. <laughs> so I get this camera and I'm using it. And then eventually I need a better camera because our buildings are low light. And so the 550 doesn't like low light. 
And considering the camera doesn't li like low light, then I don't like low light either, and we need a plan. God, there's low light. And so God provides supernaturally that I can get a Canon 60. Do you know that the one camera's in Cape Town and the other one's floating around somewhere here? I haven't seen it at home for months, years, I don't know. If I need a camera, God's just going to give me a new one. Because you see, what we can put in God's hand, God can multiply. We want to keep it. Because we don't have a revelation like Paul and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had. Go quickly back to Genesis 8, uh, 28. So Isaac has this dream and God says this. He says, I am the Lord God of Abraham and Isaac. Why didn't he say he's the Lord God of Jacob? He was talking to Jacob. Read it. He only says, I'm the Lord God of Abraham and Isaac. Why? Because up until that point, Jacob hadn't yet taken him as a personal Lord. You see, you cannot do anything without encounters of God. You cannot go on your granddaddy's encounters. As a matter of fact, you can't go on yesterday's encounters either. And so at the end of the dream, he goes and he says, in verse 28, he says, Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God be with me and keep me the way I'm going, give the bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I will come back to my father's house in peace. Peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. You see, you cannot go on yesterday's encounters, church. You cannot ride anymore on yesterday's blessings. God is the blessing activator for now. And now. And everything that has just gone is the past. Matter of fact, what I've just said is past. But God is in the now. He's in the activating us now. And so God makes this, this promise unto Jacob. I will give you everything. And Jacob starts running to his future. He starts getting excited about the promise. Are you excited about the promise? You see, one of the other things that tithes will do is number three, it will bring abundance. Say to your neighbor, abundance. Proverbs 3, verse 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and your first fruits of all your crops. And then your barns will be filled with overflowing. Number four, favor opens doors. I want to say, favor's going to label you as the blessed one. You may wear the same outfit as the other person going to the interview, but you know what? You're going to get it because you're favored. You're going to wear the same clothing, the same hairstyle, the same glasses, and you will get it because you are favored. We have a saying in our house, favor ain't fair, and it isn't. You know, my daughter was trusting for a drum set. And I stay in a townhouse, meaning drum set, neighbors, kicked out. How many of you would like a neighbor as a drummer? I was just looking where I could move next. So my daughter's trusting for a drum set. And in Malmesbury, she comes to me and she's got an envelope and she goes, I need a tithe. So I'm like, okay, it's great, my girl, I'll EFT. She's like, no, no, no. You need to put cash in it now. You see, she's sick. She doesn't understand EFT. She wants to see the moolah going in the envelope. I'm like, I don't have cash. She's like, mommy, make a plan. I need to put cash in the envelope. So I make plan to get cash. And I put it into the envelope. And I say, what are you, what are you trusting God for? She says, drums. 
It's okay, Grace. I'm like, Lord, specifically she meant electronic drums. Just so, like, side note, interpretation of six-year-old, we need electronic drums for our neighbors. And so we carry on doing the crusades. And we get to Durban, and somebody says, listen, they have a person who knows, you know the Indians, we have a person who knows a person who knows a person. So by the time you get to the 10th person who knows the person, knows the person, you also now know the person. And I go in and they've got an amazing electric drum kit. More, above and beyond what we had figured. Do you know that they gave it to me for less than 50% discount? You're talking about almost 60% discount. Why? Because if I go back in time, I watched a little six-year-old say, Mommy, I need to put something in God's hands. I can't do this on my own. I can't afford what I need. But if I can put something into the hands of God, He'll do it. So favor, favor will be resting upon your life. All of a sudden, doors are going to open up to you. What's the passcode to the vault? Great, I didn't lose you. I love you guys. You're awesome. I'll take you home. Number five, God's provision. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Read it with me. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. If your person sitting next to you is cute and they have a Bible, just reach over. That time me and my husband met sharing a Bible. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. What does it say? Get. 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 Oh, so it says you've got to do something. Everybody tells me it's get and God will give to me. No, it says we first have to put something into God's hand before He can do the rest. We want to bake a cake, but we don't want to put any ingredients in it. Well, you're going to get air. No, we, we, we want, oh, please make us a cake. Yes, sure. What ingredients? No, no ingredients. The Lord must give the ingredients. And then we expect a triple chocolate cake coming out of the oven. But we put no eggs, no flour, no cocoa, nothing. Because the Word of God says give. It's a covenant term. Give and it shall be given. There's an adjective. Did you notice that? God loves using adjectives. Because He wants to do something. So give and it will be given back to you. Number six, joy and contentment. Joy and contentment. Proverbs 11 verse 25 says, a generous person. Who wants to be generous? Come on, I want to be generous and have you guys all over to come eat at my house. I just want to say if I do that, you've got to give me 10 times back. So I'm going to be booked out for how many years? I'll make you one meal, you make me 10. <laughs> so it says a generous person will prosper. We need to become a church of generosity. Go and give that pen that you so love. God will give you 10 more and prettier and beautiful and more amazing. You know, I want to share this testimony quickly. When we were looking to purchase a house, I had an amount that was what I was trusting God for. 36 estate agents all confirmed I'm crazy. 
Okay, they didn't only just say I'm crazy. They said that they last sold houses in the area I wanted, in the size I wanted, five years ago. I was like, great, then just turn back time. Just give me five years ago's price. It's easy. But God had given me a number, and it was five to one. And everywhere I looked, what was the meaning? It didn't make sense. And when I put an offer to purchase the place we wanted, it was one to five. So it was five to one turned around. But I stood on that number. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what it means. You gave it to me. I'm in covenant with you. I'm a tither. I stand upon your word. You do what you got to do. You go get the angels, Psalms 103, to listen to the word of the Lord and go sort it out. We go look at a house. We fall in love with it. And I put an offer in. 200,000 rand less than what they wanted. That's what the estate agent did. She laughed. But you know, he that laughs sits in the heavenly places. So you laughing at my impossible situation just meant God was going to step in and give me the glory. So the estate agent puts in the offer on the Friday afternoon. The Friday, that was about 2, 3 o'clock. 6 o'clock she phones me. She says, you're all crazy. I'm like, and? She's like, you're crazy. The seller's crazy. The lawyer's like, everybody's crazy. This house could not be sold so cheap. I said, it'll go through. She says, yes, it's impossible. I said, no, no, can I tell you something? She says, yes. I said, can I tell you about his name? He's Jesus. You see, Jesus does the impossibilities because when you spell impossible, it's spelled G-O-D. Do you know that when they gave me the title deeds of the house, the people who bought it five years before me, I paid 50,000 rand more than they did, and it accumulated 300,000. You see, that's what tithing does. It unlocks the vault. So then the angels go, hey, did you see Tanya? She's got supernatural faith. Angels, we're going to have to do something here. You see, I believe that God is sitting waiting like this on the edge of his chair going, who's going to trust me? Lisa, are you going to trust me? Lelo, are you going to trust me? Tani Moira, are you going to trust me? Doc, are you going to trust me? I believe that there's sin. God is sitting going, are you going to trust me? He's sitting waiting, biting on the edge of his chair going, Holy Spirit, can they let me out yet? I want to go, Holy Spirit. Will they put something? I don't believe that God's sitting back going, hmm, I wonder. No, he's going, will they? Will they trust me? Is she going to do it? Is she going to do it? God puts a figure in our heart, because that's what he did. Remember I told you it says give? And so that Friday in conference, we sowed a massive seed. And we named it the house we're going to get at a supernatural price. And God comes and he does it. Because God is waiting for a generation, Ephesians 1, that will understand that God is giving us all spiritual blessings. That he's the same blesser of Jacob, of Isaac, of Abraham, of Laban, of Job, of Paul. But are we trusting him? Do we see him as the blesser? Number six, you will get joy and contentment. Did I give you number five? No, I did. I did. I did. I did. Number six, joy and contentment. Proverbs eleven twenty five. a generous person. Number seven, spiritual growth and transformation. Do you know, my husband and I battled to conceive. We battled to fall pregnant. We just weren't falling pregnant. And I had had a medical condition that you couldn't fall pregnant with. But you know what I also had? 
I had a covenant promise of a healer. And I would go out and be like, God, you're going to heal me. 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 And when we still weren't falling pregnant for two years, we started sowing financial seeds. Do you know what we named them? Our kid will be blessed every day of their lives. Listen, when I had Ariella, I only started buying nappies when she turned one. Because I had seed in the ground and there was harvest upon harvest. People would phone me out of America saying, what size is her shoe? I don't know my kid's shoe size because I don't buy them shoes. People buy them shoes. I'm like, literally, Lord, did you see their cupboards getting empty? And then somebody will phone like, hey, can I get them shoes? Because you see, I put seed in the ground and I named it. And God is a God who blesses. But he needs a tithe to unlock the vault. So there will come spiritual growth and transformation after we started pouring our seeds, naming them. We fell pregnant. Do you know when I went for the very first sonar? I asked them to look for that condition because you should find scarred tissue. Do you know what they found? Nothing. They cannot discover the condition I had because I'm a covenant partner with the most high God and if I could trust him yesterday I can trust him today I can trust him tomorrow he didn't let me down yesterday he won't let me down today and he's not going to let me down tomorrow number eight divine guidance divine guidance Psalm 25 verse 9 he guides the humble we got to stay humble right otherwise he's going to make us humble so here's the secret. When you unlock the vault, don't get greedy. <coughs> when Jake and I started out in ministry, my first vehicle was a Fiat Palio. And I could load it with people. We, Yaku Road is a white city, golf.com. Do you know how big that car is? It's a nine-seater. Not legally, but it's a nine-seater. <laughs> We could fit nine people in that car and pray and trust the Lord all the way. But we use it for youth ministry. I mean, some of my youth are still sitting in the service from like 15 years ago. We loaded that city.com. Listen, it was like low profile wheels. It had normal wheels, but when everybody got in, it was. And so we would load our vehicles. And then we trusted God for more. And so then we need, we got a, a Levina X gear, Levina Nissan X gear. That was a mommy station wagon. You could load anything in the boot, including people. And so we would load that vehicle. We would drive. Our little Tata Indica would take us to revivals in Falvata and in Lepalale. And here goes this little Indica. Listen, the Indica was so small, you couldn't put a suitcase in the boot. Your Bible bag wouldn't fit in its boot. <laughs> and so then God blessed us. And we're like, Lord, we need a bigger vehicle. We want to do more crusades. And God blesses us with a fortune. And it's a seven-seater and it's brilliant. And we pack 11 people in a seven-seater. <laughs> That's what we do. Right? And then we get the Everest. And the Everest, I think we've squashed about 10 in as well. And we do the last crusade at Esteros and Pastor Jake looks at me and goes, babe, we need to trust God for a bigger vehicle. I think we need a quantum. 
And I'm thinking, the God who did it with the Fiat Palio, did it with the Tata Indica, did it with the Levine and Exkia, did it with the Fortunate, did it with the Ford. He's just going to do it with the Quantum. You see, I'm telling this because God wants to enlarge in our territories. It's time to take the limitations off. The only thing limiting God's hand is your faith. It's the only thing limiting God. Number nine, confidence in God's faithfulness. Hebrews 10 verse 23, let us hold unswaveling to hope. Let us hold unto hope. Don't give up hope. You know what hope is? Hope is like a pair of dirty glasses. It can see, but it can't see good. You all have those friends who has the dirty glasses, right? Like you look through and you're thinking, how can you see? Hope is like a pair of dirty glasses. Faith cleans those dirty glasses and makes you see fully. That's why Jesus healed the guy who was blind twice with the mud. And he's saliva. Imagine that for one moment. You can see partially and you're, and you're thinking, whoa, what's coming? Right? He could see partially. So he couldn't see while he's going. And he goes and he rubs it into the guy's eyes. And Jesus says, can you see? And he says, only but a bit. What does Jesus do? He turns around to the disciples. He says, can you see what I'm trying to tell you? Jesus' power didn't run up. He didn't need to give a second attempt to heal the guy. He was teaching the disciples that they only saw in part what God could show them in full. And he goes again. By the second time, I'm running, guys. I'm just saying. The first time I would have been taken off God. The second time I would have been running. And he spits and he mixes it and he says to the disciples, for you've seen in part, but now you see in full. That is what hope does. Hope lets us see in part, but faith lets us see in full. So hope is like a pair of dirty glasses that if we can just get faith to clean it up, man, it's going to look a whole lot prettier. Eternal rewards. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where the thieves break in and steal, but store it up in heaven. Store it up in heaven. Amen. It is time we begin to take God. Take Him for His Word. Take Him with one who will never, ever, ever let you go. Because if He did it for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if you need to change your, the spelling of your name, then do it. That makes you believe more. I make the statement, sometimes our belief needs belief. Sometimes your faith needs a top up of faith. Why do I believe it? Because I believe it. How do you believe it? Because my belief has belief. I believe in my belief. I believe in my God. Because I call upon his name and he answers. I ask him and he does. I stand upon his word and he's able to answer it. I want to quickly read a scripture. Can I get a bottle of water, please? Thank you so much. See how easy that was? I just asked him for a bottle of water. Now, if I asked, say, Isaac for a bottle of water, he'd be running around going to go fetch one. 
right? He'd be going upstairs to go fetch me one. But you see, when I go to the supplier who's sitting right next to the water, it's easy. Who is your supplier? Do you know what your supplier does? Do you know what a supplier does? A supplier makes sure that the product you want is there. So 2 Corinthians 19 says, Now he who supplies. So when you tell me you got nothing to give, I'm telling you, you better align yourself with the supplier. Because we do that. We run to somebody else. We run to a different avenue thinking God's going to pitch up there instead of going directly to the supplier. You want to know why there's a delay? Because you've run around to the wrong supplier. Your boss's shelves are empty. Your spouse's shelves are empty. Next time you want something, you go to the supplier that he will supply the seed. So there's two covenant principles I've taught you today. One, it doesn't start with get, it starts with give. Two, know your supplier. Know the one who's going to supply the riches. Know the one who's going to give you the seed. Know the one who blessed Cha- the one who blessed Jacob, the one who blessed Abraham. Go to the supplier. So this morning, we're going to make a covenant promise unto God. Right? We do the communion, but we do it without realizing that we're in covenant. He's a covenant God. Thanks, evangelist. He's a covenant God. So this morning, as you prepare to give, as you prepare to sow, sow in that manner. Let it be your give seed and not your get seed. Get your get out of your get. Does that make sense? Get the get out of your get and put your give in. Whatever it is that you're going to sow this morning, let it be a give seed that you can get from God. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that you've been blessed. For more information on how you can partner with us in our global vision to bring revival to every tribe and nation, visit us at revivalcc.org.